You're listening to Wealth Tech on Deck, a podcast about the future of wealth management technology, brought to you by Life Yield. Here's your host, Jack Sherry. Hello, Wealth Tech on Deck listeners. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. I like to talk with folks on the cutting edge of creating strategies and capabilities around the future of wealth management with a focus on the confluence of digital and human advice. Today, we will talk with someone who's been shaking it up for a long time and specifically how to, along the lines of how to incorporate annuities into a household portfolio. David Lau is the CEO of DPL, an innovative annuity platform that helps RAs build better household portfolios. David is a longtime friend in the business, and I know uh, from personal experience that he has done as much as anyone to advance the appropriate integration of annuity products into a household portfolio. David, my friend, welcome. Great to have you on Wealth Tech on Deck. Thanks for joining us. Jack, so good to see you. Uh, so happy to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Great, great. And as we joked about earlier, most of what we say will be true. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, dear audience, all of it will be true. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Names will be changed to protect the innocent. Right, right, right. <laughs> David, uh, you've been a real pioneer on creating products, platforms, and distribution systems that help RAs position the modern annuity. So it enhances a portfolio uh, going way back to uh, Monument Advisors. So fill the folks in how you and your colleagues back then invented the IOVA. Yeah, it was it was kind of originated pre insurance, right? My my first job in financial services was as chief marketing officer of Telebank, which was, as the name would suggest, a branchless bank. And the notion behind it was that we eliminated the branch, which was the expensive part of distribution and banking. You know, it's an expensive way to sell checking accounts, to build buildings and fill them with people and furniture and systems. So we thought if we could eliminate the branch and go direct, you know, that would be a far better value proposition for the end client. It turned into the first internet bank, you know, in the country that it was great timing, you know, mid nineties, uh, you know, perfect timing. And, you know, we grew that, you know, tremendously, you know, from 50 million to in assets to 16 billion in about five years and ultimately merged it with E-Trade. And then we're looking to do something similar in, in insurance, you know, around the year 2000, you know, originally the, the founder of Telebank. Gentleman named David Smilo, who's you know currently on my board here at DPL, founded you know what became Jefferson National to be you know an instant issue life insurance platform, but then was ultimately getting into annuities. And the question around annuities was how do you deliver value in annuities? And there was nothing but commission-based annuities there. And so going back to kind of our heritage of looking to how do you disrupt costs in the product and looking at distribution. You looked at the way annuities were sold, and my God, they're so it's so expensive. You know, you're paying massive commissions, and you have very high internal distribution costs in terms of wholesaling. You know, the model you know for distributing annuities is archaic. That's why it it was it's always been said that you know the people selling the annuities do better than the people buying them, right? Because they're <laughs> they're getting so you know they're getting paid so well you know for distributing the products. And, you know, that was a problem. By, by the way, David, I should probably not admit to the fact I was one of those annuity wholesalers way back when. It was, it was a pretty good gig, I have to say. That's right. And so, 
But in looking to you know, deliver consumer value, it's like, okay, let's get rid of this. And then as you say, all right, let's get rid of the commission and the wholesaling, then, okay, how do you distribute? Who's your audience then? You think about it and, and basically, in, this is you know, late 2004, looking at the world, it's either we can go direct to consumer again, or we can go through you know, advisors, but who would be the advisors? And you know, I identified the RA market. You know, yep, so yep. You know, that, fit, you know, that fit the market. And then it's like, okay, well, well, what in an annuity would be appealing to RIAs? And so it was immediately low costs, of course. We've got to, go, you know, we've got to eliminate the you know, cost, you know, drop the costs. And these are asset managers. So let's build a product that's got a lot of investment options so you can effectively create a tax-deferred mutual fund wrapper. Right. And the notion was, you know, frankly, you know, looking at Charles Schwab, who was, you know, still and definitely was even more so the dominant custodian at the time. And what effectively was that? A mutual fund, you know, Schwab One Source, a mutual fund, you know, warehouse. So can we create a tax-deferred mutual, you know, mutual fund warehouse? You know, for you know RIAs to use a low-cost product, get the benefits of tax deferral, and you know have a kind of a companion account to their brokerage account, you know, to grow assets. Yeah, why don't you mention just the cost structure? Because that maybe the before and after. What my recollection back when the annuity days, the full end cost of an annuity, variable annuity, is about close to three percent. You had some riders go up to three and a half, even four percent. Yep. Talk about what you guys did because it was pretty, pretty clever, frankly. Yeah. Oh, thanks. And it, it was a flat. It was a flat fee. So again, in looking at the products, you know, what could you do? And I said, well, it doesn't cost you anymore as the carrier to issue the product if it's a hundred thousand dollar policy or a million dollar policy. So why not create a flat fee? So we created a twenty dollar a month, you know, flat fee, you know, variable annuity, which was you know the first of its kind. And so basically for 20 bucks a month, you can get tax deferral, uh, which is a great thing, you know, because tax deferred investment options are so limited, you know, for high net worth or high income earners that they're quickly maxing out a 401k or an, or an IRA. So if you have a really cheap variable annuity that you know, has virtually unlimited contribution, uh, you know, limits, that should be a really attractive product. Yeah. Kind of a, an a alternative to an IRA, it increases your Tax deferred capacity. I'm sorry, I, I know the story too well because you and I worked on this back then. <laughs> but it's right. coming back to me. That's right. <laughs> but the whole idea: twenty bucks a month, tax deferral comes with it, right? Uh, and you're paying the same fees you pay in a mutual fund. Exactly. So it was a you know, so it was a you know, a really good platform. But what became of it was not what you know, basically it was intended for. So a lot of you know, so many advisors would use it for asset location. But most mm-hmm. wouldn't. Most just used it for a 1035. Yeah. You know, so my yeah. clients in that expensive annuity you described, let me get them out of it. You know, lower the costs. You know, create a you know a better cost structure for the client, and then they managed a 60-40 portfolio within it. Mostly, yeah. what they wanted was not you know show me the best asset location strategy. It was make sure you've got the same funds available within the annuity that I'm using outside the annuity because I right, just right. I want it easy. I just want to replicate the portfolios I'm already using. So, you know, we had 400-ish, you know, investment options in there to try to do that because that's what the market wanted. You know, regardless of your best laid plans, you know, you have to react to what the, what the market sees and what the market wants. So, you know, we really adapted, you know, the product in in that direction. So that was a Monument Advisor and uh, really started a, a new 
aspect or segment of the industry or the, the annuity business for sure, but also by virtue of the fact that it's RAA friendly. It, and there's always been talk about how do you get the investment management and the annuity business, how you get it where RAs use it. They were more receptive to investment ideas. Annuity ideas still is a, a challenge. And you started DPL and you're making great headway in getting our RAs to see that this is a vital part of any kind of household portfolio. So when you talk about DPL, what do you guys do? Talk about the platform, talk about the capabilities. Yeah. So DPL, you know, we're an insurance platform, a turnkey insurance platform for RIAs. So the notion behind DPL, you know, came out of, you know, a decade of building Jefferson National, realizing. So in, in banking, when we created the first internet bank, the other banks had to follow. Every major bank in the, in the industry had to start offering internet banking because their clients wanted the service. You know, it was important for their retention. And so we really drove change in the industry, which was great. When we were trying to do that you know, through Jefferson National, it didn't really happen. Like you said, you know, people came out, other carriers came out and followed with kind of copycat products because they looked at the success. They, you know, the insurance carriers have always wanted to serve the RAA market. You know, why wouldn't they? Right? They're, man they're managing sure. assets. Of course, they want to you know, have good offerings you know, for RAAs. And so they saw our success and they kind of replicated, you know, tried to replicate the products, but that wasn't what it was about. It was about more than just the product. It was about mm -hmm. the way you service the RAA, the way you talk to the RAA, you know, the way you support the RAA from a technical and operations point of view. It's all important. And so many carriers tried to do what we were doing and, and didn't have much success. And also... I wasn't seeing the change, you know, really to the industry. What I really wanted to see was all kinds of products being developed for RAAs. And instead, because, you know, the insurance industry, like many, they're fast followers, you know, right? So yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they were following us, you know, somebody needed to show the lead. So in starting DPL, I'm like, okay, you know, I've shown that I know how to work with RAAs and distribute, you know, to RAAs. Let me start going to basically all the carriers in the industry and say, hey, I can help you distribute into the RA market. You know, let me tell you how to build product, how to you know, support products, how to support RAAs, and then you know, we'll create this marketplace, which is a better solution for RAAs anyhow. They don't want to necessarily work with a single manufacturer. Yeah, if I could, David, uh, talk a little bit about one of the parts we kind of stepped over that was another innovation that you guys did at, at Monument Advisor, Jefferson National. Talk about your the, your sales force, the way you supported RAs, because you you learned a ton. It was telemarketing before wholesaling via telemarketing was was in. Talk a little bit about that, because that sort of sets up where you're going with where you've gone with the business, and I'm sure where you're going to continue to go. So when we were starting Monument Advisor, we started it from you know an annuity carrier that we had you know purchased from Conseco. Along with the purchase came people. And a number of them were whole external wholesalers, traditional external annuity wholesalers. So as we were launching Monument Advisor, initially, you know, we had external wholesalers, and that was, you know, that was the model. In about three months, I'm like, this is never going to work because to me, you know, this was something where we needed to touch a lot of people. You know, we needed to deliver the message a lot. Number one, and number two, you quickly said, you know, RAs don't want to talk to wholesalers. They might want you in the office once, you know, to you know have the meeting, explain what you do, and explain what you know and what you're offering, and then you know when they're ready and when they understand and have a need, you know they'll get back to you. That's the way they like to think of it. As you know, in the traditional wholesale annuity wholesaling world, 
the model is you need to be in, you know, so-and-so's office every three to four weeks, right? You know, go in there, buy them lunch, you know, take them out, you know, take them out to dinner, you know, do a lunch and learn, you know, whatever it is. And RA is never going to do that. They're not going to have some wholesaler from some insurance company coming into their office every month. You know, mm-hmm. there's just no point in it. So, I very quickly said, you know, we re- need to change this model to kind of a marketing-driven model. You know, we'll drive awareness through marketing. We'll centralize, you know, wholesaling. You know, we'll have a centralized, you know, wholesaling force that, you know, basically deals with RIAs, you know, through the telephone. You know, I think one, it, it made sense for us, but it also made sense for the market. And, yep. you know, that's what we do today. And that's one of the things when I'm saying other carriers didn't understand how to distribute in the RIA world, it's because they still wanted to do traditional wholesaling because, it's hard to say this is what I do, you know, this is what I do in all these other channels and it's so successful. Why won't it be successful here? And I try to explain that, you know, when McDonald's goes into, you know, China to open a restaurant, they don't do it in the same way they do in the US. It's a different market. You've got to take a different mm-hmm. approach. Yeah. You know, there can yeah. be some fundamentally similar things, but you've got to adapt what you're doing, you know, to the particulars of the market. Yeah. And full disclosure, you and I were at companies at the time where we worked together on this. And yeah. so I got to see it firsthand. My recollection, you had, you had 90 or so people on the phones and in support uh, roles mm-hmm. talking to RAs every day. One, it's more efficient because you can talk to more people. You don't have to get in a car in between stops or get in a right. plane or all the rest of it. A whole lot less cost. And uh, not only in terms of basically compensation as, as well as hotels and planes and all the rest of it. But also, it was a tremendous feedback loop, and I'm, I'm going to guess, and I think I know the answer, you learned a lot from the RAs as you went along what worked, what didn't work, but it was kind of a, a fast, you know, rapid response in terms of what you learned and how you had to adjust. Talk about how you've applied that now with DPL, because you've been very creative, um, not only on the product front, but also in terms of the service, you know, in terms of serving RAs. Talk a little bit about how kind of lessons learned and how that's translated into advances on the platform. Yeah, one of I mean, one of the big lessons learned, like immediately when you know you start talking about the RIAs. I mean, immediately it was we need to be able to bill on these products, right? So that's that's a you know an obvious but big lesson. Um, so you know that you need to support that, and we did that well, you know, at at Jefferson National. Also, you need to get data and provide integrations into their desktop. That was kind of minimum viable, right? If you, if you couldn't get, you know, let them bill from the products and you couldn't get data into their desktop, it wasn't going to happen, right? So that was minimum viable. And, and we were able to do that, you know, generally. But I mean, even so, it still took basically power users of some system to call, you know, their software provider and say, hey, I really want to get this feed from Jefferson National for my annuities in order to make it happen. But I also saw that that was limiting. So when I, you know, and and we've talked about this, right? Part of the trouble with the asset location story we were delivering, you know, and all the benefits of asset location was that it was operationally difficult. So you could explain the story and say, here, this makes so much sense. The benefit of tax deferral is terrific for your client. The advisor's like, hey, I get it, but how do I even make it happen, right? right. So from yeah. a technology point of view, it was just too clunky, you know, to ask. And like I said, some people did it, but it was, it was clunky. So that was a huge lesson learned too, right? So if we wanted to make what we were doing at Jefferson National or here at DPL, if we want to make it really integrated into the advisor's practice, that it had to be integrated into their software. 
you know, yep. it, it really had to work with the software. It had to be easy to do. And so that was, you know, to me, the new minimum viable, you know, no longer just data feeds. So let me add a, a term, which you probably coined, it was coined elsewhere, but applying it to our industry, which is almost, I don't want to say commonplace, but far more commonplace than it was before you brought it up, the whole notion of concierge service. So yeah. you really kind of carried the RAA down the field and you continue to do so. Talk a little about that. It's not just technology, it's filling out applications. It's all the different stuff that, frankly, none of us like the administrivia that we don't <laughs> want to bother with. Talk a little bit about that, because that was a pretty important finding, which more and more as service organizations, we're learning that that's the, you got to make it so easy they can't help but do the this new, better thing. Right. And I, and I completely appreciate it, you know, from being, and, and you can too, I'm sure, you know, from Lightfield's point of view, as you guys have built that up, when you're a small business, you're really busy. Right. And so if, <laughs> if somebody wants you, to, if somebody wants you to do something new, if they make it really simple for you, boy, it's much easier to do it. Right, it's much, right. it's, it's much, you, you can get a yes much easier. So, you know, having been, you know, an entrepreneur and built businesses, you know, that message also came through loud and clear, you know, RIAs. And it's part of why I like the RIA industry and you know, a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, you're asking them to do something new. So that's always a challenge to begin with. And then if it's labor intensive or difficult, you know, good luck. So we knew we had to, you know, have really good, you know, turnkey service, you know, that concierge service that, we, you know, we've, we've been coining, you know, here and, and using a lot uh, to make it super simple. So we continue to do that. And of course, we prefer and continue to push digital, right? So sure, did, sure. everybody should be using digital to make it as easy as possible. But yeah, absolutely. Making it easy, whether digitally or by you know, providing the service is you know, totally important. So I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing today, because I know it's far more expanded from a single carrier, single product or essentially a single product uh, to much more than that. I want to hear about that in a moment. I, for our audience, I just want to highlight something because a lot of what David's talking about didn't exist before before this. And that is that you're coming up with a new idea of a, first of all, we all know annuities have a, a bad rap. You know, they're, they're expensive, they're cumbersome, there's an insurance company, I hate insurance companies, all that stuff. Want to hear some more about how you're dealing with that these days. But back then it was, it was even worse. And then these, when you think annuity, you think insurance company, you think bureaucratic, you think uh, costly, you think slow, you think not cool, all that. So what you guys did, just so for our audience to understand, they basically did all the administrivia that an advisor might not want to deal with. They may have liked the concept, but you kind of took over and kind of made it so easy. They, so we're like, yeah, client's better off. I'm better off. I didn't have to do much. Hallelujah. And then pretty soon they're just doing it because that's part of how they do business. So you, right. you guys were really at the forefront of all that. And really, writ larger, what's happening in our industry and technology and digital is driving all this is we got to get people up on board. Advisor adoption remains a huge problem in our industry. The biggest friction point in the industry is getting people to change behavior and to yep. adopt this new stuff. And you guys figured that out. So bring us forward to today. Now you've got many more products, many more capabilities. It's, it's, it's more complex, not because you've made it complex. You're making it all simpler, but there's more available. You're now talking about household portfolios. Talk a little bit about DPL today, what you're working on, where you're going, that kind of thing. 
Yeah, no, that's great setup. I mean, I, I've always kind of done these things. I don't. I make it hard on myself because yeah, when I talk about you know being the first internet bank back when, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, cool, that's that's great." Yeah, right, of course, why did everybody do that? Exactly, <laughs> obvious thing. But you know, we did this at a time when you know ATMs weren't necessarily widely used. You know, and you, everybody walked into their bank branch, and you're talking about a very core financial function, you know, the, your bank was your trusted source and your neighborhood bank and getting people to not use a branch, like, whoa, that's, that was a yeah, big idea hard. at that time. So, yeah, I don't know why I, I try to do these things, but the, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the challenge of it, I guess. But sure. it, ultimately, I, you know, I firmly believe, you know, that I'm just so passionate about doing what's right for the customer or the right. end client. And, and right now, like annuities and insurance are an important component to a holistic financial plan. I believe that. I don't believe you can be an, you know, a, a complete fiduciary without incorporating and using insurance in a financial plan. And, and I get the challenge of a fee-based you know, or fee-only advisor. If that's not part of the way you can get compensated, then that's a real challenge, right? If you're doing work on things you're not getting paid for, like that's hard to do. So that is what DPL was designed to solve for, that you know, we can be you know, a fee-based, no-load, commission-free insurance marketplace. You know, we talk about annuities a lot because we've got lots of annuity product, but we've got some life insurance product. We keep on, you know, we're working hard to bring more life insurance products to market. We've got a hybrid long-term care product. We've got a disability product. So, you know, we're, we're continuing to build out the marketplace. But the notion is, you know, for the RIA, now that you're more than just an asset manager, you're a wealth manager, you're a financial planner, and you're addressing this you know, broad spectrum of your client's financial life, it's hard to do that if, you're, you know, if you can't use insurance. So DPL is designed to check the box on the four major insurance categories that are in a planning software, guaranteed income, life insurance, disability, long-term care. So, you know, we definitely work hard to have that, you know, a good, you know, solution set, you know, within those product types. And then in getting anyone to do anything new, you've got to educate. So you've got to educate on, you know, on, on a lot of fronts because we've got to overcome the stigma of insurance. So we've mm -hmm. got to talk about these are modern products. These are no load, you know, commission free, low cost. You know, the economics are completely different in these products. Talk about that, David, if you would. You're dealing with this every day. You it's sort of like assuming it's easy to start an uh, online bank. Well, it's easy to do. It's not easy to do. I know it's how hard it is. But basically what you're talking about, when you say no load, fee-based, you're, you're basically on the same side of the table as, as the advisor and the client. You're, you're setting right. it up that not unlike you know, fee-based SMAs or UMAs or what have you, it's the same concept, but not with a commission because that's so much of what that cost is in, in those products. That also sets up for the household portfolio management is that you're now incorporating it as a fee-based, comprehensive look at, at how to both protect and grow their assets. That's right. So when you eliminate that commission, you enable that. You know, so you know, easiest product category to look at is variable annuity because you know, it has a distinct M&E and so you can see the cost. And you know, the average annuity just for the M&E on a variable, variable annuity is 140 basis points. 
And, you know, on our platform, you know, our variable annuities, you know, range from 20 bucks a month to 20 basis points to the most expensive variable annuity, I think is 35 basis points. So that's the effect of taking out the wholesaling costs and the commission. It's a major drop. So it's just like, you know, a no load, you know, version of a mutual fund. You go from an A share to an institutional share, what happens to the cost, right? It goes, Mm -hmm. you know, it goes down. You know, that's the value. So now RAs can start using these products within their portfolios and, you know, do it in a way that is value add to their client and, you know, they can bill on just like any other asset. Yeah. I just want to underscore that for our audience. So, so all the prejudice predisposition around insurance sort of goes away because so much of the cost structure is commission and all that goes, you know, in and around that. So if you have a, a lower cost and you're, essentially paying for the product as opposed to the delivery of the product. That's right. All the other assets in the household are being on a fee basis. So it's, it's kind of apples to apples. It's just, you know, what you do. It kind of takes away the, the stigma about insurance uh, or guarantees or, you know, all the sort of attributes, benefits of, a, of a, an insurance product. And then just becomes part of talking about how to build a better household portfolio. Correct. And so, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's some analogies like what you do, what we do, you know, and, you know, some you know, other things, you know, advisors, I think one of the biggest values they deliver to clients is utilizing correct structures, right? You know, in investment management, I mean, I don't think anyone generally is trying to say, hey, I'm going to, I'm, I'm the best financial advisor because I'm going to outperform the market. I'm going to actively manage assets and my returns are going to be so much better than everybody else. Yeah, I think the way you deliver alpha is through structure, right? Mm -hmm. So whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, using asset location and, you know, know, across households, whether it's using the structure of an annuity, you know, to take advantage of the tax deferral and and the risk pooling and risk management, that's how you deliver better outcomes for your clients. That's how you deliver alpha. So, you know, in order, you know, for advisors, you know, to say, I don't, I don't use annuities. That's silly, right? I mean, that, that's silly. You should be looking at these structures because now it's a new tool set, you know, mm-hmm. for you to deliver better outcomes for your clients. You can't, you know, get caught up in the rhetoric, you know, from before that was, you know, basically driven by commissions. Yeah. One of the things that we talk about often about improving outcome, and I think that really is sort of fundamental to what you do. I know it's fundamental to what we do, that if you want to improve outcome, take out the market because you're going to get what you're going to get. But we haven't met anyone yet who consistently beats the market. So take that off the table for a moment. It's cost, risk, tax. And in our case, we talk about Social Security because there's guarantees, but the variation on what you do is there's guarantees around income that you can provide. Right. But you want to lower the cost, which is what you do inherently by doing this more digitally and doing it with lower cost structure and what have you. Tax, you've got tax deferral improve outcome in that way. Risk, you got to manage risk. And that includes some people want guarantees and absolutely they should have them. And, you know, annuity is a great structure to, to pull that off. And then on the social security side, you know, the, the government is going to give you a raise if you wait to take it. So how, how do you work that around? So you benefit from that, but uh, also get what you need when you need it. So we kind of sing from the same hymnal in that, in that standpoint is we're just taking advantage of inherent efficiencies and, and ways to, to improve outcome. Yes. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And risk mitigation is a problem right now, you know, within portfolios. I and mean, that's one of the things we see in our survey work. You see it, you know, in all kinds of industry data, you know, BlackRock had a you know, survey come out a month or so ago, you know, where they looked at 20,000 portfo- you know, advised portfolios 
and saw a 25% increase in risk in just the last two years. Mm-hmm. And, that's, mm-hmm. and that's part of the, the problem with the low interest rate environment. You know, so so many advisors, you, that normal glide path of going from heavy equity to heavy, you know, fixed income, you know, as a client gets to retirement doesn't work anymore. Yep. Um, not unless the client's willing to really compromise their lifestyle, you know, in retirement. So what's happening is you, instead of the 50-50, 60-40 portfolio, you're seeing 70-30-80-20. And, you know, this is where, again, leveraging the structure of an annuity can be so beneficial you know, to that risk management, take away some of that overweight equity, you know, use a buffer annuity, you know, which is, you know, gives you some downside protection. Um, Take some of that underperforming fixed income and you use a fixed indexed annuity or or just a, you know, MIGA, multi-year guarantee annuity, you know, use some of those products and structures. And and that's what the advisors we, you know, who we work with are doing. So, you know, we're working with over a thousand firms, you know, in helping them understand how to incorporate annuities into their into their plans and their portfolios, that's the big driver, right? There, there's this overweight equities problem in the industry, and you know, and or lack of good fixed income options, however you want to look at it, um, and annuities can really play a great role in that. Yeah, one of the things I would uh, recommend to our audience: check out DPL on uh, LinkedIn. They, uh, David and his team do a great job of communicating about this and showing how. Annuities fit into a portfolio and make make an investment case in terms of how it fits and why it belongs. That's not to say you don't do fixed income and you don't do equity and all the rest of it. You just that's another just another tool in the toolbox to address issues of risk and tax and and guarantees and and that sort of thing. Yeah, and and part of what we do too, Jax, you know, is bring technology to it. So yep. Yep. you know, it's it takes you know the product knowledge. You know, we take the product knowledge requirement away. You know, some people get intimidated by annuities because, hey, I don't understand every rider and bell and whistle and how these things work. And one, we try to simplify products when we're working with them uh, you know, on the carrier side. But also, we've got technology. We model, you know, 33,000 annuities or so, you know, like 40,000 riders and 400,000 price points. It, we make it so that you just need to, you know, tell us what your client need is, basically, mm-hmm. and, and we'll deliver you the right product. And also, we do you know, annuity comparisons. So when your client owns you know, those you know, older, expensive annuities, you, know, you can just look them up, and or we can look them up for you, and you know, do an immediate comparison to you know, show if we can improve the situation for your client. Let, let me guess: you often find a way to improve the outcome. <laughs> we generally do. We generally do. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> But I mean, we're definitely, you know, we're looking at out for the client's best interest. If the client's sure, got sure. a big benefit built up in the in the annuity, yeah. it may not make sense to, you know, to move it. We're, we're always going to have a way better product. But, you know, sometimes the nature of what's happened within the product for the client makes it so it doesn't make sense. And then we're going to tell the advisor, here's how you best take advantage of this. Because, you know, too sure. many advisors, they just won't address it. And it's like, okay, your client's got a tremendous income product here. Use it. <laughs> right? well, so. What you guys do, and you do it so well, is you're, you're just applying efficiencies. And frankly, it's impacting the market because I know for sure insurance companies are paying attention to, to platforms like yours that say, we have to have a more competitive product. We have to have a more appealing product because you, you can demonstrate who's got the best thing going for that client situation. A hundred percent. And that is like, to me, what I ultimately love about what we're doing is we're going to drive more competition, 
within you know within insurance because you know number one we're bringing technology to it you know to help you find the best product and we're working through fiduciaries who care about that kind of thing right sure. so so you know that's where we you know continue to drive and i mean we already see it i mean we've been in market for you know, three and a half years and we already see carriers getting more competitive because sure, sure. they call they call us how come i'm you know I, I was sold a bunch you know with you guys you know the first you know six months of the year and you know, now I'm not selling much. What's going on? We're like, well, advisors aren't using your products anymore because, you know, your rates went down relative to your competitors or, you know, whatever it might be. So, and again, they, they always think of sales and we're saying, no, you got to think about usage. We're building products to be used, not sold. You know, these guys yep. aren't yep. selling your products. They're using them. And if they're not the best product, they're not going to use them. Well, we are going to go over time, but it's been worthwhile. Let me, let me ask some, I have two last questions for you. Why don't you just do a quick summary? What, what are three key takeaways from what we've talked about that uh, those that are tuning in, maybe hearing about the modern annuity for the first time and hearing about annuity platforms? What are three key takeaways you'd like to leave with our audience? Yeah, number, number one is, you know, retirement is a, is a challenge today, you know, for, you know, retirees and financial advisors, it's, you know, durations expanding, right? People are living longer, maybe retiring earlier by choice or not. Secure income sources are going away, you know, between pensions being, you know, no longer being around, social security benefits being questionable. Everybody believes it's going to be there, but might be limited benefits. Interest rates being really low. You need to look at other ways of delivering retirement income and annuities are a really good way of doing that. So that's number one. You got to, you've got to think about retirement. It, it, this is a different problem today. You can't use the same strategies, you know, because they don't work. And that's why we're seeing such yep. heavy equity. And with the F equity markets, the risk has been masked, but that's not going to last forever. Number two is once you actually look at annuities, you, you're not going to be able to unsee it. If you're a fiduciary, you're going to have to start looking at using these because the value is so compelling. And you know, we can help show that with technology. But I mean, if you just listen to a Wade Fow or a David Blanchett or any of these retirement researchers, um, anybody can see the value of annuities, particularly in low interest rate environments. You know, right now, an annuity is funding income in retirement about 40% more efficiently. You know, for the amount of income you can buy for a hundred, you know, say a million dollars in fixed income, you can buy that same amount of income for about six hundred thousand dollars in an annuity. So why wouldn't you do that? So that's you know one and two, and then three is you know at this point you know there there had been as we were talking about so many barriers that you know to an advisor using annuities you know from lack of products to technology integrations, ease of use. You know, all that stuff you know, used to be barriers. They, they're really not anymore. Not to say that there you know, still can't be improvements, there always can. There are no barriers to an RA using insurance anymore. You know, the mm -hmm. products are there, the you know, pr you know, providers like ours are, are there, they're integrated into your desktop, their software, everything you need to use insurance is available to you. Um, and now it's a matter of your own education, getting comfortable uh, you know, with the products and the offerings and using them. And it's going to bring in more wallet share, by the way. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. That. So, uh, oh, there, it's really good for your business and your clients and your clients want these uh, products. So, so David, this has been a lot of fun. Really enjoyed uh, catching up with you. It was great to see you recently at uh, Tiburon and we had a chance to chat a little bit there and I'm sure we'll be chatting some more over time. 
got a question that I love to ask each of our guests. So what's one thing that uh, people that you work with might find interesting or surprising or people that uh, may only know you from your day job? What do you do that you're particularly <laughs> passionate about, excited about? Uh, what can yeah, you share I've, with our I've audience? I've got you know, the traditional boring ones. I love to golf. I golf as much as I can. I'm a huge sports fan, a you know, passionate Red Sox fan, a you know, passionate Duke basketball fan. But the, but the particularly interesting thing that I do, and you know, my wife would tell you, is I buy all her clothes. What? Um, I <laughs> I buy all my wife's clothes. I like to shop, you know, for for That's her. Great. You know, every pretty much most of the stuff she wears, I bought for her. She doesn't, you know, she's not. She's oddly not the shopper. I'm the shopper. And you really, know, I, now tell me about that. How did that, how, how did that happen? <laughs> By the well, way, here, here's another one. I, I do the same thing. So tell me more. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yes. And and I'll also tell you, I, I almost never buy anything on full price. Right. I yeah, mean, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. No, it's, you know, it's, it's something like for me that is just downtime relaxing. You know, we might, yeah. you know, we might, you know, sit at home watching TV at night and I'll just be on the computer and you know, funny. shop yeah. around. Hey, this is kind of cool. And, you know, yeah. or, you know, if we go out, I probably have bought 95% of my wife's clothes. That's funny. Well, who knew that you and I share? A, 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 we have a well-developed feminine side. I guess we would say. That's right, and they're willing to admit it. Good for us. Yes. So, David, as always, this has been a, a lot of fun to get caught up and to uh, spend some time hearing about your business. I, I know I follow it closely, but I, I learned a bunch today. I appreciate that. For our audience, if you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe and or share what we're doing here at Wealth Tech on Deck, available wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again, David. This has been a lot of fun as I expected it and it actually exceeded expectations. So good to have you on Wealth Tech on Deck. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jack. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Real good. Take care now. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wealth Tech on Deck our ongoing conversation about improving financial outcomes for all. This podcast is brought to you by LifeYield and produced by Reverb. Subscribe to future episodes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can connect with our host, Jack Sherry, on LinkedIn and Twitter. And for more information about our perspective on the future of financial advice, visit our website at lifeyield.com.